You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Yeah, it is. Off and running. Tuesday, November 24th. Hey there, you. How you doing on this Tuesday morning? Of course, this is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Oh, my gosh. Whole bunch to get to. Jam-packed 60 minutes. Run through it all. How will we do it? Well, if you listen often, you know, probably won't, but let's dive right in. Let's get right to it off the top. 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. Today is day number 27 in the battle for television supremacy that is known as the Regal Tumble, so we will get to that. Today is Tuesday, so we'll have a fresh batch of NFL uh, poop rankings. Did the Giants get off the list? Did the Jets get off the list? Spoiler alert, no, the Jets, <laughs> no, I don't really think I'm giving much away. The Jets did not get off the list, but let's get right in. You know, two things off the top, a couple of bullet points that I wanted to get to. And yesterday I got to it just at the end of the show, but didn't really get into it in depth as much as I wanted to. So we touched on it at the end of the show yesterday about the Knicks approach this offseason, right? NBA free agency, the big moves are, are pretty much done and there'll be other signings here before too long. And let's be honest, the Knicks have not done anything at all exciting. The Knicks have not done any, they've not had one move where you go, oh my God, the the, the Knicks got that guy? But I will say this, Leon Rose, I had major questions about him because he's never done this job before, just the environment of the Knicks, which seems like it's, um, it's unwinnable in a lot of ways over the years. Leon Rose is doing the hard things. He's going the hard way, and I think he's going the right way. Now, that's still up to be decided, right? It will be decided based on the results. But here's the thing about trying to build things. Anytime a team, an organization, in any sport, gets into the position where the Knicks are, where they're terrible, and everybody agrees that they are terrible, When they get to this stage, and the Knicks have been in this stage basically, you know, it's some form of this stage for the last 20 years. When there's a fresh start or there's about to be a fresh start, there's about to be a firing, someone else is going to come on board. The first step is everything is miserable, right? Everything is terrible. Everything is miserable. Everybody agrees that what the, the team, the organization is doing in this moment is not working. They have to try something else. So people will agree, it's time for something different. I don't care what it is. It's got to be better than this, right? So then people agree that it's time to rebuild, or in this case for the Knicks, I think it's just time to build. But then one of two things will happen. Either nothing happens and nothing improves, or you get a little bit of something happening and people want it faster. Nobody really ever gets into these type of things and nothing happens and they're all happy about it, right? Nobody's happy about another season down the tubes. So even if you are a a patient Nick fan who is not, uh, you know, distraught by the approach this offseason, I don't think anybody is saying, you know what, can't wait for the Knicks season to watch them go win another 20 games because that certainly seems like the track that they're on for right now. But the problem is, is that when people start to get frustrated about wanting it faster, wanting some sort of improvement, they'll put all the the failures of all the past regimes on the current people. Oh, well, you know, this team has been doing this for 20 years. Well, it's not on Leon Rose or the current regime of the Knicks 
the past failures of the last 20 years. They, I mean, he's only been here since March. Tom Thibodeau has only been here. When did he get hired? May? I'm not even sure. So everyone will always say, we're going to be patient. We're going to be up for it. We'll, we'll make the hard decisions. I just want to see my team win in my lifetime. And at this point, if you're a Knicks fan, that's something that's up for grabs. I don't know what age you are, but if you're, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s, the Knicks have not won in forever. So it's not out of the realm of possibility. You go your entire life. If they keep going on the track they've been the past 20 years, there's a very good chance they never win in your lifetime. But it's almost like a New Year's resolution when people say, you know, this is the year I'm going to you know, lose weight. This is the year I'm going to go to the gym. This is the year I'm going to work out. Everybody is, is good on, on, on January 1st. The problem is January 9th, January 15th, February 1st. And I think that that's the stage that you're seeing a lot of people in in terms of the Knicks right now. You know, I was listening yesterday to the K show and Michael is one of those people who is, uh, you know, very upset that the Knicks have not taken some sort of minor improvements to, uh, you know, get a little bit better than they were last year. And I would just simply say, because I think that while I don't think that that opinion is in the majority, I would say to the Knicks fans out there who want them to make, I want to make a move. Do you want to see some minor improvement now, or do you want at least a chance at some actual improvement later? Like minor improvement, you can have that now. But actual improvement, real improvement, is going to take a while. Because, again, the Knicks are no place. And that's really the first thing that I would like people to to explain. Where do you think the Knicks are? They're no place. Their roster is is one of the worst in the NBA. So could they go out and overpay for someone to come here to make it a little bit better? Yeah, maybe. But is that all you want? Is that where your goals are set now? Well, you know what? Just make it a little bit better. No, I want it to actually make it better. So Leon Rose could have done the easy thing. And make no mistake, the easy thing for Leon Rose would have been to come here and make some splashy signing, go out and trade for uh, Russell Westbrook, go spend $120 million on Gordon Hayward. For what? He would have to spend more than $120 million on Gordon Hayward, which I already think is paying way too much for Gordon Hayward. And he's a Gordon. I I have a natural affiliation for, you know, people with the same name. We're not a big club. But for what? I mean, how would that have made the Knicks all that much better? Gordon Hayward, four years, $120 million. The guy has made one all-star team. He's 30 years old. He's been riddled with injuries and has never been the same player. So you're going to criticize the Knicks for not going out and making that move? Or Fred Van Fleet? He didn't want to come here because there's nothing here right now. And by making big, splashy moves, which, again, would have been easy for Leon Rose to do, they would have hurt the Knicks down the road. And this, right now, what the Knicks are doing now, using their cap space to take on a bad contract, trying to build up as many draft picks as possible, this step, you can't do this in a year. And you certainly can't do it if you go out and sign Rajon Rondo or 
or, you know, like, a, you know, a good player to way more money than they deserve. You can't do that a year from now. This is the honeymoon period. This is the first year. And if you have a plan, this is the time to institute this part of the plan. Suck it up for another year. Be bad. Get another lottery pick. Hope it's very, very high up in the lottery. And then after a year, a full year of development for R.J. Barrett, another full year for Mitchell Robinson, hopefully Tom Thibodeau is the most, you know, um, functional NBA head coach the Knicks have had in an actual while who could actually get some development out of some players. Then when you have that in place, okay, now you can start. The Knicks have nothing. It's ground zero, man. I mean, I don't know where exactly people thought the Knicks were. They don't have one player on the team that you would say is the best player on even a marginal playoff team. So to me, that's fool's gold to, to, to be, uh, you know, trying to make the playoffs or, or, or try to make it as the eighth seed only to get destroyed. And here's the thing. If the Knicks did that, if they may, you know, if they, if they mortgage the future to, to stock up on a whole bunch of veteran players who would cost them down the road because they'd have to overpay to bring them here when there's absolutely nothing here. And then they made it as an eighth seed, got destroyed in the first round. People would absolutely kill the Knicks for that. They would have killed them if they would have done those type of moves because we've seen those type of moves before. You would have killed them for making dumb deals that turned out to be dumb. Of course. Of course. So I think that Leon Rose... Now again, make clear. I reserve the judgment to criticize him anytime there's something that I don't agree with. So I'm not saying that I know that Leon Rose is the answer or that I know that this is the right tack to take. There are no foolproof plans. So for anybody to say, well, why don't they try to build it like this team? Because they can't. They can't get someone to come here. We've already been down this road of praying for the big free agent to come to New York because it's the Big Apple. It's the Mecca. It's the Mecca of basketball. Well, clearly the players don't agree that it's the Mecca. They don't care that it's the Mecca. They'd like to play with somebody on whatever team they play, even if it's not the Mecca. So I just don't understand where people think the Knicks are in this rebuild. Clearly they're in a rebuild, right? We all can agree to that at least. And I would simply say, if you're one of these people who say, oh, you got to go sign this veteran and that, but you got to improve the team. From what, 20 wins to 27? That's what you're looking for? Even if you realize that by doing that, you're probably hurting yourself down the road because any players you bring in to this environment, it's pretty clear the Knicks have set values on certain players and they're not going to seek those, those values. You know who also does that? The Yankees. The Yankees do that. Now, sometimes I criticize the Yankees because they're in the win now. So sometimes you do have to push a little bit more of the chips into the center of the table. The Knicks are not in win now. They're hopefully win sometime. Sometime in our lifetime win mode. So I would just simply say, if you're someone who's criticizing the Knicks approach or Leon Rose's approach, uh, I would just wonder where you think the Knicks are in this development. Because right now I think they're no place. And it's going to take them a little while to have anything in, in terms of a foundation in place. Their best player 
who you think is R.J. Barrett, has not even played a full season in the NBA. Where do you think they are? Where do you think they are? All right, 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number, 1-800-919-3776. Let's get in a couple of calls here because uh, we got a lot of stuff to do today. Is it Jermaine in Queens? Jermaine, what's going on, my man? Yeah, good morning. It's Romaine from Queens, but uh, I agree with you. Okay. That, yeah, we don't need to spend big on a free agent. Well, there is something to winning, you know? Get the eighth seed, have the young players come. But they're not cl- But see, here's, here's the thing. They're not close to the eighth seed. Yeah, but one, one superstar, even a star. But they can't get a superstar. What superstar? What superstar do you want? Where, where is the superstar? All right, it doesn't have to be a superstar. But just compete. When the young players, they, they win 10 games out of 30, that's discouraging. They're going to be. They're going to give up before. So, the so you think that they would be more encouraged by bringing in someone who who is an established NBA player who can take them from ten wins in the thirty games to maybe seventeen wins in the th- in the thirty games. That that is an improvement. Yeah, know? it's an improvement. At well, look, them, if, if that's the Giants competing if, for the NFC, right? Yeah, and I think that that's fool's gold. I think that. that's fool's gold. I think it's. It, I think it's an absolute. Uh, from where they are in their development. Thanks for the call. If if that's what you're looking for, I would just simply say, go and go online and watch past Nick seasons. Go watch the old season because that's what they do. That's what they always do. And Leon Rose, if he would have done that here, people would be killing him because it would have been the same old thing that every Nick regime has done for the last 20 years. Why do you think they're in the state that they're in? That's why, because they constantly do this type of stuff. The quick fix, the short term, patch it together, throw it out there. And here's the thing. There'll be other teams that will tell you, well, we think that this is the best approach to try and compete. They know for sure that they're not going to compete. They don't want to compete. I don't know that in two or three years that the Knicks will be competing for anything. But I can tell you the other side of it will definitely not be competing for At least this is undecided. The other way is completely decided. Oh, my buddy Omar is in Brooklyn. Omar, you're up very early this morning. Omar, maybe he's not up early this morning. Maybe he's still sleeping. Is he gone? I dropped. Wow. Omar dropping. Dropping the ball, dropping the phone. Unbelievable. I can't get over it. Usually, right now, somewhere in Brooklyn, Omar's just screaming out into the, the wilderness. All right, 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Maybe Omar will get back to us. We'll squeeze some more calls in here uh, coming up. Also, i got to get into the Giants because there was a couple things that uh, kind of got, got my eye. And one of them is this Mike Silver, um, I guess, what do you call it, a tweet run, tweet storm that he put out about uh, the Giants situation and the firing of Mark Colombo and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so we'll get into that coming up. Also, of course, we have Day 27 of the Regal Tumble. We have Poop Rankings, fresh, hot batch of Poop Rankings, so we have to get into that. Lots of stuff to do. Hey, have you heard? Michael K. Show's 20 and 20 contest continues today at 3 p.m. because that's what time their show's on. Only two chances left to score big. So you only got two of them, baby. Better make sure you're tuned in today. For today, the guys are... And this is this is what you want to tune in for. If you're going to win one of them... This is probably the number one. I don't know what tomorrow is, but this one is pretty good. Samsung 58-inch 4K TV. 
It's the 20 and 20 contest. It's brought to you by PC Richard and Son, Kansas City Steak, The Bardishan, Premium Cocktails on Demand, and 98.7 ESPN. And, you know, my birthday is coming up, and Christmas is obviously right around the corner as well. So what I've been doing is whenever I find my wife's phone, like, just sitting there, I will just say 4K TV. I just I, – because it's, it's constantly listening. And you know that if you feed it that information – those ads are going to start to show up. I mean, how does it happen to anybody else? Like you'll say something just in passing and you're not even really thinking all that much about it. And then all of a sudden out of the blue, it'll just show up in your like Instagram feed. Right. Does that happen to anybody else? I feel like that happens literally all the time, literally all the time. Right. So what you do is if you want, you know, you don't want to drop hints too specifically, but when you find your wife's phone sitting around the house, just, wh- you know, if it's golf clubs, I want golf clubs, golf clubs, golf clubs. Yeah, just do that. And I'm telling you, it, it greatly increases the uh, odds that uh, that will uh, pop up in your wife's feed. And then once it does, well, then, you know, she'll hint around a little bit. This is the way to go about things, people. I'm just telling you. All right, 1-800-919-ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. Uh, do we have Omar in Brooklyn? Is his phone actually operating this time? Hello. Are you there? Hello? Yes. Yes, sir. How are you? All right. You should be telling your wife phone, a new phone that uh, stays on hold while I try to call uh, the, the uh, great Gordon Damer show. <laughs> the great Gordon Damer. Yes. The why, why do you have to, to snicker get... while you say that? You, you love this show. You can't, you can't get enough of yes. this. As, as, as the Knicks were trying to get great... Uh, Gordon Hayward, the similar name to yours, first name mentioned not Gordon Hayward, but they couldn't get it because it was too much great of a name, Gordon, yes. that Knicks couldn't right. inhale it. That's well, what it I don't was. know if that had anything to do with it. <laughs> okay, listen. Uh, it was not too, too much of a big name, but it was too much of a big money that they couldn't inhale. <laughs> so. Right, yeah. I mean, all of a sudden people would feel better about the direction of the Knicks if they signed Gordon okay. Hayward to $120 million? Are they, are they high? Okay. Now, uh, I, I start from, uh, like, a lot of Knicks. There's two, two sides of a story on every matters of life here. When okay. Stoudemire came, uh, signed with the Knicks and nobody wanted to give him a contract, and he signed a five-year contract and he made a press conference, uh, he said, oh, the Knicks are back, right? Oh, and uh, who are you talking about? Uh, Amar. Stoudemire. Stoudemire. Okay. Sure. Stoudemire, okay. right? Go ahead. Yes. Uh, so then uh, there was one, well, Knicks are back, and there was a big hoobla. Right. and big splashy it, press conference. Absolutely. Oh, flashy press conference, and the Knicks fans were very rejuvenated, and he basically gave me half an year, and four and a half years he stole the money from the Knicks, right? Yes. Yep. So I didn't want to go through that road again. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, Gordon Hayward, $120 million, was a fourth option in Boston Celtics. They didn't want to keep him for one year rather than Charlotte Hornets is going to pay him for four years. He, they didn't want to accept him in a championship team as a fourth option, but Charlotte Hornets are ready to give him for four years. So thank you very much, Charlotte Hornets. You want to pay him, overpay him. Nick didn't sign him. I would have taken, Nick offered him three years, $70 million because they wanted to make a splash with three over seventy million, and then they can do the Russell Westbrook trade. It didn't happen. Russell Westbrook trade didn't happen. So, uh, good luck. I'll go with the young kid, and l- let me uh, let me clear you, Gordon, with this. Please look at all the rosters of NBA. 
Look at all the 14 players that have been signed and two two-way players. Out of 14 players that are currently signed with the New York Knicks, they are all of them are less than 26 years of age. One is 27 or 28. Plus, all of them, 12 or 13 out of 14, are first-round picks that have picked top 13. Seven of them are lottery picks. Wow. All of them are majority lottery picks. Yeah. So don't tell me that their roster stinks. The only thing no, the is Knicks roster they haven't. Stink. Huh? The Knicks roster does stink. Uh, okay, you want to? <laughs> I uh, you you can say that right now. Yeah. No. I, I mean, I obviously, it does. all the all these players. I wanted to see in a great coach. I call Thibodeau a great coach. Great coach. They have. He has raised up. He has developed. Derrick Rose, Joakim Noah, Butler. He has a history of developing players. He has a history of making the playoffs. He will develop one out of five picks that we expect them to take a step. R.J. Barrett will take a step. Otepin will take a step. Frank Nilakina will take a step. Now you're getting carried away. All right, Omar. As soon as you bring up the name Frank Nilakina, we got that—that's the automatic dump button. You would be better using profanity than saying Frank Nilakina. Look, here's the thing. I understand when you're coming into a situation. I think the Knicks and I think Leon Rose would have liked to been able to make a move. Right? Would have liked to been able to add talent, a really sizable piece of talent to the roster, and would have liked to make the playoffs in the first year, or at least pushed for the playoffs in the first year. But when you actually find out what the price tag is, you know, you ever go shopping for something for your wife for Christmas, and you think, ah, I'm going to get her this or I'm going to get her that, and then you actually find out, you know, what that designer handbag costs, and you're like, what? That is insane. Gordon Hayward, four years, $120 million dollars, That's, you know, shopping for the coach handbag and finding out, wait a second, it costs how much? I'm not, I'm not, what, what do you think, are you trying to rob me? No, I'm not going to pay that much. And then you, you, you pivot, you go, you go to Home Depot and you get something nice. <laughs> Sweetie, I got you a shovel. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, I, and, and there's one thing to have a plan, but you have to be able to adjust on the fly. So I think that the Knicks did have a plan coming into the offseason season. And then when they found out what it would actually cost to institute that plan, they said, no, we're not going to do that. We're not, gonna, we're not going to you know, minimally improve our team in the now and hamstring ourselves for the future. So it might have been forced upon them, but whatever the, court, whatever the, the reason for the way it went, I, I applaud them because it would have been a lot easier to overpay and make the same mistakes of every or the other regime here that has basically been running the Knicks for the last 20 years. All right, 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Let's get to the Giants stuff quickly and then the Regal tumble. Uh, Mike Silver, NFL Network, a couple of days ago had a, uh, I don't know what you call it, a tweet run, a tweet storm, whatever, detailing the Giants situation with uh, Mark Colombo, the firing of the uh, offensive line coach, right? So uh, he, he talks about how, you know, Kim Jones said that, uh, that Mark Colombo called uh, Joe Judge a very dirty name. The Gordon Damer Show has been reporting that dirty name is a Cowboy fan. So uh, that, you, you ha that's a fireable offense right there. But he goes on and says that according to a witness, Judge corrected the technique of center Nick Gates during a practice several weeks ago, and Colombo disagreed with the correction. 
Judge reacted angrily from that point, and it was a frosty relationship with the offensive line coach. Ultimately, Judge brought in Dave Guglielmo. I'm not, I'm not sure how to pronounce that name. Gu- D. Tickle Me Elmo. But the Giants line had struggled early in the season, especially rookie left tackle Andrew Thomas. But things had begun to improve, and the unit has performed well during the team's current two-game winning streak. I mean, they're making it out like all of a sudden this is this long, long run. Of, all right, never mind. I'm, I'll say my thoughts to the end. Colombo was popular with the players, and they were in a good zone. Joe, Judge's decision to bring in Dave Guglielmo to help Colombo flew in the face of that, and the offensive linemen were confused. Tensions escalated. And when Judge began ripping Thomas during a film session, Colombo stepped in to defend the left tackle, ultimately swore at Judge. Obviously, Judge is the head coach. He's free to hire and fire whom he pleases. But his personality style has been off-putting to some. The former Patriot assistant and some of those who came with him from New England have exuded an alarming aura of haughtiness. Bottom line, Judge and his assistants have done some very good things lately, turning around a Giants team that looked hapless and injected it back into the division title. I mean, injected is a bit strong when it's the NFC East. All right. Uh, yet Colombo, the Colombo fiasco, as Mike Silver is referring to it, and the way it played out over the past few weeks remains an open sore. And they ha- and they excuse me, and they, as they finish out their bye week, many of the team's offensive linemen are unsure what the change will mean and whether they'll have to relearn techniques on the fly. Well, gee, I wonder who the who is the source of this story, this information? How did it get to Mike Silver? Very, very difficult to ascertain that information. I think it's pretty clear how that uh, information got to. Him. Look, here's the thing, and, and Joe Judge is putting themselves on the on the line a little bit because the offensive line has played better. And if it now were to go back to being an absolute sieve again, that is going to make Joe Judge look bad. There's no question about that. But I think. The Joe Judge's thing, like his whole thing here with the Giants, has been to hold people accountable. It happened with, uh, with Golden Tate. It happened with Mark Colombo. Now, the, the, some of the comments or some of the, the, the details in this tweet storm or whatever you call it, his personality has been off-putting and this aura of haughtiness. I mean, he's a football coach. I mean, what, what are we having tea and, uh, and biscuits at, at uh, halftime? Aura of haughtiness. Uh, and that Colombo's incident remains an open sore. I, I just think that uh, I don't think that it should be given all that much credit. Although, as uh, Ray Santiago pointed out to me before the show today, it was just a couple of weeks ago before this whole thing took place that Joe Judge had a whole big long uh, cut about how he lets the coach you know, lets his coaches coach and everything else. So it remains to be seen whether or not this will be an issue in the future. I don't think so. But if it were to turn out that the Giants' offensive line were to have some big step back and all of a sudden be a disaster again, uh, then, yeah, clearly that would uh, reflect poorly on Joe Judge. Otherwise, I I think it's going to be pretty quickly forgotten about uh, because it's not like the Giants' offensive line, while improved, it's not like they were playing, you know, unbelievably well. Uh, It's not like all of a sudden you said, all right, that issue is fixed for sure. They have good moments and they have bad moments. And and you have three rookies along the offensive line. So those type of growing pains are to be expected. So I think that this is a story that's going to be pretty quickly forgotten about. All right, not quickly forgotten about. 1-800-919-ESPN. Day 27 of the Regal Tumble. Should we save that? Because we're already late in this segment. 
Omar went too long. I let him go. I, I, you know, I give him the, the, uh, the room to operate, and then sometimes uh, he operates in a way where he brings up Frank Nilakina's name. All right, coming up, we'll get to day 27 of the Regal Tumble. We also have poop rankings, so we have a lot of stuff to do. Your phone calls as well. Moment of inspiration. How are we going to squeeze all of this into the next 30 minutes? We probably won't. We'll probably save some of it for tomorrow, but we'll try to squeeze as much as we can. Brady over an outstretched hand, and it's too far. Too far for Brady and intercepted. Jordan Fuller comes up with his second interception of the night. Fuller, fresh off the injured list to play in this one, comes up with the big pick. Hey, well, look, he's not on the Patriots anymore, but anytime you can see Tom Brady uh, throwing a uh, game-sealing interception, that's eh, a little inspiring. Look, we didn't have any great options today. It was either that or today is the uh, anniversary of Mrs. Doubtfire being released. So we figured we'd go with Tom Brady throwing an interception. Fantastic. There you go. Moment of inspiration for this Tuesday morning. By the way, remember yesterday I was talking about the ESPN.com has to remove Taysom Hill as a tight end from their fantasy leagues because it was just this huge advantage to playing him at tight end when he was actually a quarterback. And it would take away the, uh, the sanctity of imaginary football we play inside our heads. And look... They actually did it. I can't believe it. I, as someone who missed out on him on waivers, I think it's the right call. Uh, it's really it's the only way they could have went. Now, if I had have gotten them on, if I had been able to pick them up on waivers, uh, that would have been an outrage. But I didn't, so I think it's the right call. All right, the right call as well is that it's day number twenty-seven of the Regal Tumble, and it's time. Pete. And yesterday, I would just like to say thank you to most of you. Yesterday's entry into the Regal Tumble was the Real Housewives of wherever. It, it doesn't really matter. And the Regal Tumble, I like for it to, to bring us together. And yesterday, we got to come together, at, most of us, not the crazy people, but most of us came together in hate. And hate sometimes gets a bad rap. You know, hate is, people are down on hate. Sometimes hate can be a good thing. And I thought that it was only me or a, a select few who irrationally hated those those kind of shows the the real housewives all the bravo shows it's not just me it's not just me a lot of you really really despise those shows so it's good to see that you have fellow brethren out there who also just walk past the tv and just look at it like um like uh, Clint Eastwood would in a movie, just ugh, which seems this? appropriate, honestly, because it seems to me like that show's all about hating on on each other. Right. Well, look, I would, I would. Uh, it really kind of dawned on me about six months ago that those shows are really professional wrestling for women. You know, larger than life characters involved in feuds and alliances and all those type of things. But uh, I just can't take it. I just can't take it. Uh, so look, and a new low yesterday, almost eliminated before it even got to the Regal Tumble Ring. Has that ever happened in the actual Royal Rumble? Like somebody was like running to the ring after getting counted down and like a giant shoe fell out of the ceiling and just came down and stomped that they didn't even make it to the ring and they were eliminated? I, I, 4%. Do know, I do know that there have been people who've been thrown out of the ring like right away. Yeah. But well, I that, was, I, that was the Real Housewives yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> they, they got booted right away. Fantastic. Loved it. Even less than billions, even less than This Is Us, 4%. I mean, we could have put up infomercials in the re- like the Flex Seal guy. Would you rather watch 30 minutes of the Flex Seal guy riding around the lake in that boat that he made from the Flex Seal? I think I would. I think I'd, I'd rather watch the My Pillow guy 
whatever snake oil Brett Favre is peddling these days, those copper socks. Wow. <laughs> all right. It would be flipping past. You see Brett Favre and Jerry Rice, two of the NFL's greatest of all times. Hey, the well, reason why I can still play at a high level is I'm wearing <laughs> socks made out of copper. Wow. Uh, you could leave the TV off. I would rather watch a blank screen. Then watch the Real Housewives. Well, and it's a little disturbing that it finished as high as it did. It got, I think, based on my math, which is always a little questionable, I think it got about 35 votes. So that's 35 people that are walking among us. We don't even know who they are, and they're just terrible people. But let's get, that's day 26. Enough of day 26. We only have two days left this week. Let's get to day 27. We know the shows that are returning. They've been returning now here for a little longer than a week, right? We, of course, have... The Sopranos, the, the real heavyweight. Tony Soprano. Seinfeld, which is, at least in the last few days, actually gotten more votes, I think, than The Sopranos. So that's a real battle for the number one spot, which really doesn't matter right now until we get some of the other competitors in there. But we have Seinfeld, Sopranos, and then, of course, third place would be Chappelle's show, which has looked a little vulnerable until yesterday. all of a sudden yesterday. Uh, it, did not, it picked up some votes yesterday. So let's get to day 27. Regal Tumble. Sorry, Chappelle's show. That's enough of your theme song. And let's get the countdown and find out who joins the ring today. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Oh, my God! My God! Oh, a 98.7 Illuminati pick. Martin. Martin Lawrence. Remember, real crossover hit for Fox in the early days of Fox, the uh, sitcom Martin. And he was a real, I mean, he was a real major, major star at one time. I think he was still doing the Def Comedy Jam thing as well at that point. So uh, now he had some, some things happen later on. We won't bring to mention those here. But five-year run, mid-90s, very popular show. It's kind of been, I don't know, it's kind of been a little bit forgotten. But there you go, the entry for today. Which, again, I think that some people took the, uh, the idea of the uh, Regal Tumble as any, any show that you ever liked. And it's not really about whatever show you ever liked. It's about what show do you think is the greatest of all time. Can Martin compete at that level? Well, let's put it this way. They'll certainly compete at a higher level than yesterday's show, The Real Housewives, did. I think that that's pretty fair. I think that's a pretty low bar to uh, to uh, to uh, get over. I, I think Martin will surprise you. Yeah, I it think might. Martin could do some damage. It, could, it might, and it might be a little bit of a a, a challenge for Chappelle's show too. Uh, I don't know that Sopranos. I think Sopranos is going to be okay because that's the drama. But the three, you know, the three kind of comedy entries at one time. That's what makes it interesting. So there you go. Martin, Sopranos, Seinfeld, Chappelle Show, day 27 of the Regal Tumble. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. I should tell you, are you video chatting with family this holiday season? Well, we've got the perfect guest for everyone's virtual gathering. New York Jets quarterback Sam Darnold. It's 98.7 ESPN's Sam and the Fam Sweetstakes. Here's how you win. Send us a brief message telling us why Sam should hang with your family for a 30-minute virtual huddle. Send that message to us at 98.7ESPN at gmail.com. That's 987ESPN 
at gmail.com. Winners will each get one of a uh, I can't even read. Winners will each get a one-of-a-kind experience with friends and family to have a virtual hangout with Sam Darnold. It's all from your home for the hookup and your home for the hangout. 98.7 ESPN New York. Martin Lawrence, Ray Santiago expecting big things out of Martin. Things could uh, surprise today, so we'll find out. Your vote will determine it on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. But, of course, it's Tuesday, and that means, you know what it means, all these other shows look at NFL rankings, power rankings, who's the best, or conversations about who the MVP is going to be. It's going to be Patrick Mahomes, of course. We here, because I'm forced to watch the Jets and Giants every single week, we have what is known as poop rankings. We look at who is the worst, not who's the best. Anybody can do that. And we don't get to see as much of those games as we like because we're stuck watching the Jets and the Giants every single week. So let's get to the week. Would this be the week 11 since 11 weeks are in the books? Or is this? No, I guess this would be week 12. Poop rankings. All right, let's start it off with number five. You probably didn't see them this past week, but you will see them on Thanksgiving because you always see them on Thanksgiving. The number five worst team in the NFL, the Detroit Lions. The Lions have, I mean, they have never really been good. They've always kind of sucked. And they are the real cautionary tale for all the Jet fans. And I would, look, I understand why you want to go 0-16. You want to get Trevor Lawrence. But it's not like 0-16 ever turned the Lions into Super Bowl contenders. Sunday, they got shut out by the Panthers, who had their backup quarterback. And the Panthers are a team that has eight new starters on defense. I think for Thanksgiving, they should fire Matt Patricia at halftime. That should be the halftime show. They just bring him out, and he's like, oh, am I going to get the turkey legs? No, you're getting fired right here, right now. Happy Thanksgiving. Let's move on. All right, so that's number five, the Lions. There you go. Uh, number four on the poop list, the poop rankings, as we will, NFL poop rankings, uh, are the Bengals. Do we have any? Okay. Uh, they were already terrible without Joe Burrow, and that's, I mean, that's just an all-time bad break there. Rookie quarterback finally got some hope if you're the Bengals, and now they're going to be all-time bad without him. Tough break, and you'd have to say now all mock drafts featuring the Bengals at the top of the draft. Whoever the best offensive lineman, clearly that is going to be who is mocked to the Cincinnati Bengals in any mock draft, and the Bengals are knowing about mocking. Uh, but good news for the Giants, right? Because now they don't have to at least even face Joe Burrow. So there you go. Number four is uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. Or are the Cincinnati Bengals. I think that's the proper. Number three. You know them. You love them. Oh, my God. Are they dreadful? It is... The Philadelphia Eagles. I think the actual, the band, the Eagles, Don Henley, Joe Walsh, they would be better at quarterback than Carson Wentz. And those guys are like 70 years old. Wentz, as I brought up yesterday, leads the NFL in sacks, interceptions, and fumbles. How the hell do you, I mean, all three, that's impressive. And they don't want to bench him because Jalen Hurts, if you t- if you put Jalen Hurts in there and he stinks, well then you're admitting, you know what? We took a second. This is our second round pick, and he already stinks. Or the other side of it is, if he's good, Carson Wentz never gets his job back, and you're signed him to this huge extension. So the Eagles, oh my God! Now they still have the upper hand in terms of this, you know, the, the, the one tie that they have, but they are just awful to watch. And every time you think to yourself, well, it can't get any worse than that. Carson Wentz gets somehow worse than that. 
So they're number three. The Eagles, number three. Uh, Number two, that would be the Jacksonville Jaguars. No, that would no, no, no. They don't get. They don't get Whitney. Please, we have to find it. There you go. Give it again. There you go. Uh, they got a field goal on Sunday on their opening drive. They never came. I don't think remotely close to scoring again. So the Jaguars, who uh, you know, uh, it's pretty clear at this point, they are not probably going to win another game. But does that one win in Week One? Does that forever alter their? franchise trajectory you would think over the next 10 years, right? Like if Trevor Lawrence is as good as everybody's making him out to be and you won a game week one against the Colts and that prevented you from getting that guy. Oh my God, what a disastrous result that would be in backing all the way back in week one. So there you go. Number two, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay. And then of course we've done it. I think seven or eight weeks, as I do by Casey Kasem, we've done every single week for now and forever. Number one on the poop list, the New York Jets. The, the Chargers had a tougher time fighting off boredom in the first half than the Jets secondary. Denzel Mims, how, I mean, how much are we going to make about Denzel Mims when you're looking for positive? You would think that Denzel Mims had like 12 catches for 115 yards and a touchdown on Sunday. He had three catches on eight targets. I mean, it's not. I, I know that people are like scrounging for any possible positive they can find, and I would say the Jets have shown some improvement. That's only because they have been so horrendously bad. At least now, there's parts in the game where they kind of somewhat try, right? Like it, it's not both halves. Let's not get carried away. It's not the whole game by any stretch. But I don't even think that they will win a single solitary game this year. And if that that turns out to be the case, 0-16 seems like it's a a very, very real possibility. So Week 12, poop rankings. A lot has changed since we instituted this back in Week 4 or Week 5. The producer of the show has changed. The teams listed have changed. The one thing that you can count on in 2020, more so than anything else, the worst team. In the entire NFL, the New York Jets. There you go. All right, so that's going to do it for Week 12 Poop Rankings. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. You know, one other thing that I wanted to mention, and we don't have enough time because we're already running out of time today. You know, when, when Steve Cohen took over the Mets, it was, this is a new day. This is going to be a brand new uh, franchise. Uh, Onward and upward, we're going to sign every free agent. We're going to get this amazing baseball, uh, head of baseball operations. Then you find out that Sandy Alderson is going to do the job for this year. Uh, We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Oh, my goodness, all the changes. And look, Steve Cohen just took over, so maybe it's going to take him a little while to get things up and running. One thing, one story that I saw yesterday they're bringing back Tim Tebow? They're allowed, really? That publicity stunt is still going, I mean, how many, how many more shirts do you have to sell of Tebow's number 15 before you say, you know what, we really don't need to be sacrificing a spot on our AAA roster for a guy who is a non-baseball prospect? It's, it's a publicity stunt. And then to hear Sandy Alderson, not or here, but to, to read his comments, that Tim Tebow 
has already benefited the Mets significantly, that the Mets as an organization have benefited significantly from his pursuit of a baseball. I mean, this is one step removed from like a baseball fantasy. Kramer, when he went to the baseball fantasy camp and got kicked out, he was closer to being a baseball prospect than Tim Tebow. Next year, Tim Tebow will be 34 years old. The last year he played in 2019, he had a slash line of 163. His batting average was 163, an on-base of 240, and a slugging of 255. What does he do? He strikes out 38% of his at-bats, and the other 62% didn't do a whole lot either. He had four home runs. He's not a prospect. Now, he seems like a great guy, but I, I would have thought now with Steve Cohen on board, the Mets would beyond, be beyond these type of publicity stunts, but apparently not. Well, you know what's, what is over? This show. We're done for today. We'll be back tomorrow starting at 5. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin are up next. Please vote Regal Tumble on Twitter at Gordon Damer, and we'll see you tomorrow. 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.